Midday Madness for Work Locker, Caram Downs and Packing and Workwear for wherever you work. Uh, this is Afternoons on SEN. Sam Hargraves filling in for Dwayne for Brick Lane Brewing. Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale. It is a taste of summer. Uh, and one of the tastes of summer from a sporting point of view is always the Australian Open. Uh, BP and the whole team have been doing a ripping job each and every day on the SEN app and on the main station every night. Today is women's semi-final day. It's also double semi-finals, so there's some Aussies in action as well. And Mark Safoulis has been a fantastic addition to the SEN tennis commentary team. He's been good enough to jump on the line with us. G'day, Mark. Sam, thanks for having me. Um, is that the best you've seen Alexander Zverev play? Oh, I thought Alcaraz was untouchable. Um, an absolute phenom, a force of nature. Seems to be a combination of Novak, Rafa and Roger all, all in one. But he just, apart from that uh, saving grace in the third, he didn't have many answers for Zverev. Yeah, I had a bit of foot and mouth disease yesterday, I think. <laughs> I put my foot in it saying Alcaraz was the only one that could probably challenge Novak. And out comes Alex Zverev last night and literally made mincemeat of Alcaraz apart from that third set, as you said. So, incredible tennis. Um, does he have what it takes to continue on? Zverev, he's played some big five-set matches throughout the course of the tournament. Um, the big ones now, obviously, to come, he's going to play Daniil Medvedev uh, for a spot in the final. Yeah, Alcaraz was interesting last night, just did not hit his straps. You know, for a guy who, you know, is touted to be the next person, the next messiah to take over the Novak Djokovic's of the world, just did not fire a shot against Alex Ferris. So it'd be interesting to see what happens from here on. The two of the biggest semifinals we've seen in a long time at Melbourne Park coming up. Yeah, it is. Um, you've got first seed v fourth seed in Djokovic v Sinner. Uh, and then the third seed v the sixth seed. So it's certainly been the bigger names that have got through. And uh, I suppose Alcaraz is the biggest probably surprise packet um, not getting through. It's all about uh, the women's singles semifinals today, though. It's a different state of affairs, women's singles. It seems to be that every year there's a player that, that comes out of nowhere to to capture the attention and to make a name for herself. Uh, Yastremska's certainly been that. And Zeng, to a point, even though she's the 12th seed, but... Um, she's certainly been the surprise packet, uh, Yastremska. She has, coming through qualifying. She has been thereabouts in the past and obviously the last few years has struggled with injury, a top 30 player previously. She's come through qualifying in this event, so winning eight matches in a row, going for number nine here in the semifinal against Zheng. And actually, just finished coming off the court, actually, Sam, against Zheng's agent, which we had a big pro-am going this morning and he was there and um, he's quietly confident, which is which is great for the for the Chinese, great for Chinese tennis. Another one to come out of the box like Li Na did a few years ago. It'd be great to see Zheng go through, but another great story in Yastremska. So that semi-final is going to be very, very open. Yeah, and Yastremska, without getting political, every time I hear her talk, though, it feels like, and she even says that she's playing for a country um, and, and everything that her people are going through at the moment. She feels that and, and, and sort of takes them with her I know it's just for some, it's that's you know, it's just a tennis match come on, but it's something that she seems to take very seriously. She does, and you know, when you play with that inner purpose, it makes such a big difference to your motivation levels. And you can see this, she's playing with a huge motivation behind her. And if that's her purpose and that's her reason, that's what she's playing for, it's obviously giving her some sort of form of superpower because she's been absolutely outstanding this event. To go back to the start of the qualifying, she won in a three-set tight match against a teenager from Australia who got a wild card into the qualifying event in Maya Joint. 
And to go through that, win a 6-4 in the third set and now to find herself in the semi-final of the Australian Open, it's such a story. Either one of these to get through the final will be a massive story in itself. Uh, worthy of a final itself is, is the first semi-final. So you've got the 2023 uh, Australian Open winner uh, in Sabalenka up against the 2023 US Open winner in Coco Golf. This is, uh, this is a box office semi. It's a cracking semi-final, and I think they've played six times before with Coco leading 4-2 at the moment. So she has got a little bit of the edge on Sabalenka. But watching Sabalenka play this tournament, she has played impeccable tennis. She's hard to, hard to beat. You know, the big serve, big game, imposing on the court. Uh, especially when the balls are pretty new, she's kind of very untouchable with her shot. So um, she's going to be a tough one to beat. Coco Goff sort of stumbled over the line a little bit in, in her last one against Marta Kostiuk. She was 5-1 down in the, in the first set, ended up winning that set. Then she was 5-3 up in the second and ended up losing that set. So she's had a, a tough one in the previous match. This will be a huge match. I mean, the winner of this should go on to win the final. Technically, we're talking here. Um, I think the strongest part of the draw is the bottom half and has been the whole tournament. So Goff versus Sabalenka, for me, it's the winner of this match, should win the Australian Open and should make it a really, really big match tonight. I think it's going to be a cracking match first up on Rod Laver Arena. And Mark, uh, amazing that in the mixed doubles, we, we, we couldn't get anyone through to the final despite uh, having uh, two Aussie teams in the semis. But we've got Storm Hunter still alive um, with Sinia Kova in the women's double semifinal. And at the moment, um, we've got uh, Aussie um, Matthew Ebden, who's uh, with Bapana. The Indian player, uh, they're up uh, a break and serving for the first set at the moment. So there's still some Aussies alive. There is. Well, I'm watching Matt Ebden as we speak right now. And, and he's 43-year-old, number one in the world, Rohan Bapana. They've just taken the first set. They've just won that point there. Bapana was serving. So 6-3 up in the first set. Uh, it's an incredible story, Rohan Bapana, 43 years of age, to be the world number one. And Matt Ebden is just riding the wave, which is absolutely amazing. And uh, I saw a few points there, and it looked like Matty Ebdel was covering more of the court than he probably should have, and, and Rohan was sort of standing in one spot. But it's uh, incredible to see, you know, Matty yep. out there and doing the job he's doing. And like you said, Storm Hunter in the semifinal of the women's doubles. Really exciting. They still have a couple of Aussies alive. Mark, I was issued a challenge by uh, the, the SEN family when I had uh, a little bit to say um, about the new rule that the Australian Open allowing people to get up and move from their seats at the end of each game when Novak and Daniel Medvedev and Jordan Thompson all complained uh, about that. Um, I My belief was that it was overly precious. It was overly sensitive. Um, I thought they were making a mountain out of a molehill. And then I had people say, well, wait till you go and you'll notice it. Well, I am now happy to say after going, heading along and seeing it with my own eyes and experiencing it, that I stand wholeheartedly and firmly behind my original assessment. What an overreaction. 99% of people were quick. They were respectful. They were aware. There was one person when I was there Friday night when Novak was playing that clearly it's their first time at the venue and clearly their first time at tennis didn't quite know and were told pretty quickly. The people that caused the most issues were those who were tisking and complaining and hurrying people up and not moving out of their seats for those who were trying to and holding their phone up behind uh, so the people behind couldn't see. They caused more of an issue, the people complaining, than the people that actually were actually getting up respectfully and getting quickly to their seats. Uh, I didn't see it as an issue at all. Yeah, it's, it's a really tough one. I think when you're out there playing, the, the challenge would be the people moving behind the court where you're probably trying to watch for the ball toss and you're trying to watch for the serve and they're moving around behind you. It's kind of 
almost similar to a cricket scenario where you've got the side screen in place to be able to stop that, that you know, the, the obstruction of view of the ball. So um, I can understand it from behind the court perspective. I think the sides of the court are a different story um, unless there is, you know, a significant amount of noise and so forth. And, you know, just from a tennis playing perspective, you want to be able to hear the ball as well as see it coming through. It does make a big difference if you do not, if you're not able to hear it. So if the people are quite loud and they're getting to their seats, it is, it is a disruption. But at the same time, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction towards it all. And I think at the same time, you want spectators in the stands and not sitting in the bar or sitting in the in the in the stairs and, and waiting to to you know change events to be able to take their seats. So. You know, there is a little bit of give and take. I think there's a bit of preciousness to it, but also I think at the same time, there needs to be an understanding of where they can come in, when they can come in and get there pretty quickly. And I think they were doing that. As I said, 99% of people, Mark, and, you know, if you want to play in complete silence, then that's absolutely fine, but you'll be doing it in front of empty stands and you watch the money fall away when the people aren't paying the money, the good money that they pay to get those tickets. They deserve to be able to be in their seats. And in games that are going four hours, you're going to need to go to the top. The players do. The fans should be able to uh, as well. Mate, I, I, I think it's a great addition from the Australian Open and looking after the fans, which is uh, a good thing in the competition for the entertainment dollar. Hey, good luck with the rest of the call. Uh, you guys have been doing a fantastic job and uh, pointy end of the tournament. It's been brilliant, and we're sure that the finals and semifinals will deliver in spades as well. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me. Can't wait for the semifinals tonight and tomorrow. Going to be cracking tennis, and, yeah, looking forward to watching.